0: Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide. So we know that running your own business means doing it all: marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected. For just $49.99 a month, get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with Security Shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business, only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com/business to learn more restrictions apply service is not available in all areas spring is here and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with uber eats what do we mean by almost well you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered a cabana that's a no but a banana that's a yes a nice tan sorry nope but a box fan happily yes A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by Regency app for details. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey, friends! It's Josie. Um, welcome to a, another week of um, the um, Speaking in Church podcast. Uh, I'm self-conscious about using the word um because I've been watching a lot of public speaking videos and now I think that um I say um every other um word. So excuse me as I have a little fun with it. Uh, friends, this week we're doing something a little different. Um, I've always wanted to do one of these episodes where it's just me talking not because I like the sound of my own voice but because I like the idea of other people liking the sound of my voice. <laughs> just kidding. Um... I just wanted to do it. I've been inspired by my friend Brad Onishi over at Straight White American Jesus. He does his own voice recordings. I mean, he's much smarter than I am. He's doing like factual-based expository research stuff. Whatever. This is not going to be that. This is going to be a little different. Um, I've been kind of thinking a lot about the concept of being... A wife um, I don't consider myself a wife to the bane of most of the people in my life's existence if anybody calls me my partner's wife I say mm, that is not correct I am a partner not a wife and a lot of people are confused by that and let me tell you a little bit why <clears throat> I don't like the word wife because there's lots of connotations I mean how many of us are like trying to wrestle with the concept of a housewife if our partners make us just clean up a little bit more than extra. Make us a strong word. Uh, Also, excuse if you hear my dogs fighting in the background. They're in here so they don't pee all over my house, which is great. Uh, Speaking of housewife duties, that's what I make my partner do. Okay, anyways, back to the topic. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. And I decided that today, in order to talk about these feelings, to start talking about these feelings, I'm going to read y'all one of my old essays from 2019. This is from a year before I got married. Um, My partner and I had already been living together for a while, um, which is a crazy story. I'll have to tell you after this essay and you know we had already decided we're gonna get married we started telling people posting pictures etc etc and i was having a lot of feelings about what people were telling me and oh my gosh anyways listen up this is gonna be hilarious this is Property and Pursuing Happiness, an essay by me, Josie Josefina hyatt Jimenez. The first thing a lot of people said when I told them my partner and I decided to get married was something along the lines of, you're getting married? The one who used to say she would never get married? It's funny, mostly because I used to say that any chance it came up. My family would bug me about finding a boyfriend because I was getting old and because they thought a man would finally calm me down. I guess they thought a man would make me fall in love and that his love would change me into the sweet, nice, young lady they always wanted me to be. Every time I had my quick little retort locked and loaded, I'm never going to get married. (laughs) I've never been a very societally traditional feminine spirit. Most people would describe me as aggressive and passionate. Those who know me and love me well would say I was a really big softie despite my rough and tough exterior. I've never kept my mouth shut when my parents wanted me to and I've never allowed anyone to talk down to me. If you ask me how many times people have called me a bitch, I wouldn't know what to tell you other than it's what I call myself in an effort to reclaim the word. I'm a bitch because I say I'm a bitch, because people think my personality doesn't match my gender, and I think it does. This is why some of my family wanted me to get married. Whether they were joking or being serious, they cited my personality as being incompatible with marriage. But the only cure for who I am is a man who will finally put me in my place, traditionally speaking, you can probably guess that it didn't take me very long to decide that I would never get married if all if it all it meant was being submissive to another human being. I never really listened to and obeyed my parents let alone some other god-created creature with different genitalia than me. The feminist in me would never allow it. That's not to say that I didn't think about it. My friends fell in love and married their partners and some of them assured me that their marriage was not one of submissive roles, they were equals. But deep down I was certain that I would never be able to find someone like that. As secure as I am as a person, I still believed that finding someone who would love me for exactly who I am and then meet a short list of criteria I made up in my head would be an impossible ask of the universe. My mom never taught me to cook because I wasn't very good at cleaning up after myself. But I taught myself the basics, despite the fights we had over sticky counters and dirty dishes. Through college, I had to eat something, so I figured out what was easy and quick and not terribly unhealthy, and I went with that same rotation of meals for five years. No recipe could change the fact that I hated cooking. So I added, be able to cook, to my list of preferences when it came to men. As you can probably imagine, my big Mexican family made it very clear that I would never find a man who would not only put up with me not cooking, but also be the sole person responsible for it. Most of the other points on my list were greeted with the same trope. No one would put up with me. I'm the kind of person who can't deny the existence of a higher power because life has been too good to me. The Lord has always provided for me and is someone who claims to believe. <laughs> I shouldn't have been so stupid to think that the pattern wouldn't continue. Out of the blue, some random dude showed up and made me a cheesecake. And I fucking love cheesecake. After decades of people telling me to change in order to attract a partner, one just showed up and was willing to love me as I am. So, take that, mom and dad and everyone who has ever said otherwise. Someone loves me and wants... To marry me without changing me or what I believe in. God is good. I was in love. Now I knew love wouldn't cure this disease called my life. But I thought it would be um, at least a little bit easier. But it wasn't. I still struggle with depression and people are still rude. Go figure. Things got really hard for me when we decided to get married. Like really hard. Like, this tough-ass bitch started crying her eyes out constantly hard. I cried from anger and sadness and despair and depression and happiness, too. But mostly, I cried from frustration. When I least expected it, I found a partner for life, and I still felt like I wasn't made for the task. I already hated weddings, but it was more than that. The same old bullshit I was fed my whole life kept coming up in my head. The honest truth is I don't feel feminine en- enough Femininen enough for this. Any of this. And sometimes I don't feel up to the task. When I first told my parents that we had decided to get married, they were surprised. We talked about random wedding crap after that, but the conversation eventually came back to what I was dreading all along. My dad wanted to know when the love of my life would be coming over to ask for my hand in marriage. (coughs) Barf. As a strong, independent woman, I'm sure you can infer how I feel about this as a feminist issue. I'm no one's property, not even my parents. I have always made my own decisions and I still don't feel like I need to ask for permission to marry someone. And I don't feel like I should have to send in a male figure to do so either. But my dad is an old school kind of guy. He's not happy about it and he will never be happy about it. I am beyond happy about having a partner that respects my wishes and who allows me to give a big old middle finger to any traditions that I think are useless and harmful. We don't talk about it anymore because that decision has been made but not everyone else is willing to drop the topic of conversation. My dad moved from asking for my hand to my partner coming over just to tell him that we're getting married. It's a sign of respect, he says. That's not what my dad sounds like. But you know what I hear? You know what it feels like to me? It sounds like and feels like it is an official Until a man makes it so. Roll your eyes all you want. But I can't control the way I feel, damn it. I already told my parents we were getting married. And I'm their kid. They should hear the news and believe the news and accept the news from me. But tradition is tradition, they say. That's the first thing that made me cry. And the first thing people think they should express. Their opinions about. Just do it. Keep the peace. It'll always be between. I can't continue the voice. It'll always be between you or dad and your partner. Just do it. What could it hurt? Me. It hurts me. It hurts to be seen as property. To feel like my word does not carry the same weight. Maybe it's my pride and my ego. But in the end. I'm the one who's hurt. So no thanks, sorry mom and dad, you're just gonna have to get over it. The same concept is why I couldn't be proposed to. You read that right, or in this case, you heard that right. I could not be proposed to. When the topic came up, I had to keep myself from freezing and from crying every single time. For a long time I didn't know why it hurt me so much. I didn't know why I had a physical reaction to the idea of my partner on one knee. It made me nauseous and it made me want to punch the wall and cry all at the same time. It wasn't until the last time we tried to talk about it that I realized and it all came back to my simple truth. I don't want to be treated like property. Again, with the eye rolls. My dad wanted to hear it from a man's mouth, and the world wanted to as well. A wedding only happens after a man gets down on one knee, traditionally speaking. No one wants to hear the story about how you mutually decided to get married. They want to hear the story about how the love of your life popped the question. It didn't feel official until that step was taken, and that step felt that step felt like I didn't have an equal say in it. It had to be a surprise, and it had to come with a ring, and it's weird if I propose because I have a uterus. Well, I don't like surprises or rings, and as someone who is systemically oppressed because of this uterus, all I have ever wanted was to, be and I cried about it because I felt like I was being forced out of the equation. People call me selfish because I could not allow him to propose. But as you'll come to read, I won't hurt myself for tradition's sake. I won't jeopardize the story I'm writing with my life because there's a way that everyone wants it to be written. At the end of my life, I've got to be happy with what's on the page. I've decided that fighting against the traditions of the world is the hardest road to travel down. Well, I haven't decided it, I've accepted it. Sure, it'd be easier to just give in and do what big wedding my parents and society tells me to do, but that would come at the cost of my happiness and peace of mind. For the rest of my life, I would have to feel like I gave in to a life of being property. I would feel like something that my dad and my partner exchanged and that just doesn't sound so fun. Maybe it isn't a big deal to the rest of the world, but it sure is to me. So I'm not going to give in to the exchange of property bullshit and I'm not going to allow myself to feel like I don't have an equal say in life decisions because I guess I'm the bride now and it's not what I want. Wow, I wrote that almost four years ago now. Uh, oh, gosh. Nothing has changed. My partner never proposed. Never asked for my hand in marriage. My dad would actually joke about <laughs> uh, Ryan going to his house in secret and asking for my hand in secret just to, you know, appease my dad. He's like, what would you do then? And I said, well, first of all, Ryan's never going to do that because... um you're not the one living with him. He has to do with me. <laughs> and uh I'd just say sayonara sucker. I'm not dealing with this bullshit for the rest of my life. Hell no. Um luckily Ryan scared enough of me that he would never do that. Um and he was like oh, I got to live with this one. So, you know, smart man. Uh yeah, I mean, they've kind of forgotten about it thankfully, but I did just have the sweating um, <laughs> thanks covid. This is pre covid. Uh, and it was a disaster. Uh, as always, I hate weddings, and mine was a disaster. I mean, it wasn't, like, a logistical disaster. It was beautiful and lovely and fun and whatever, but, like, emotionally and for certain relationships, yeah, shit hit the fan. And honestly, looking back, it was hard, that weekend sucked. I feel like we don't talk enough about how wedding weekends are terrible for the women who have to put them on, but Whatever, that's neither here nor there. Point is, is, I'm pretty grateful for what weddings had to show for my relationships. I mean, people really come together. And this is after, like, I had planned a funeral in the same space that I was going to have my wedding. And, I mean, honestly, it was pretty beautiful to have both of those in the same space. But I, I was just over the planning. I was over the people. Not over the people. But having so many people in my life is just being mexican is rough but i mean even through all of that even through the wedding season i never felt i don't feel like a wife you know people expect wives to be demure to pop out kids to clean the kitchen to be the one on top of all the logisticalness of family life and i god i'm so over it and that's not to say that like I mean, I still am a victim of society in my house, I'm still in charge. I don't know why men are not more proactive about cleaning and doing things. Not to talk shit about my partner, but I will talk shit about my partner. He, (laughs) as you know from this essay, he cooks, but homie does not know how to clean as you go, (laughs) which has become a huge point of contention uh, because I just don't understand. When you're done with something, why don't you just put it in the fucking sink? anyways it's it's a learning process we i'm teaching the people i have four adults in my house and i'm trying my cousin who lives with us is great she's fine she knows how to clean she's a woman of course but the other two boys in my house are not they have to wait to be told what is it with men and having to be wait like wait to be told what to clean when women do, or the it's like when you can't fucking find something because you don't look for more than two seconds. It's the same thing. Look for more than two seconds at the space that you're living in and think, huh, maybe I should clean up. Maybe this is what needs to be cleaned. Instead, they do some mundane tasks that they want to do to help out around the house. Whatever. I'm still a victim of the wifeness, but, you know, it's a work in progress. But here's my gripe. This is my biggest gripe. That I didn't mention in this essay as much as I thought I had, but growing up in the evangelical church, you're told to be a Proverbs thirty-one woman. You have to be um, sexy, and you have to be hot, and you have to work out, and you have to look good for your husband, and you have to have sex whenever he wants, and you have to raise his kids, and do the dishes, and cook the dinner, and clean the house, and he can just go to work and come home and what. And then, to top it all off in this capitalist society, you also have to have a fucking job. You have to help pay the bills. But when you get off of work and you come home, you have to do absolutely fucking everything while the dude just gets to sit on the couch and watch TV? Yeah, I'm calling out my dad right now. I hope you're listening, dad, okay? Um, Granted, my dad does um, projects around the house on the weekends. But still, my mom still has to serve him his fucking plate. And yes, my partner serves me my fucking plate, but that's a feminist, a feminist gesture. So it's, it's different, right? (laughs) I don't serve my own plate. It's different. (laughs) I am, I am a straight white male in my heart. Well, not straight. I'm a white male in my heart. I just want to have a cup of scotch, glass of scotch and watch TV and crochet and, play with my dog so maybe not so much actually anyways yeah we're expected to just be everything for everybody like these men don't take the same amount of responsibility with the child rearing either and i don't want to hear it okay you just don't and i get that women are like oh well we breastfeed them we birth them and i don't give a sh- and maybe you know what i'm not gonna say maybe i don't give a shit about the fact that i popped this fucking thing out which i'm not going to do But you should be playing an equal role in the child rearing. If anything, you should be going the absolute extra mile to prove that you are half of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Like, the girl, the girl, the woman that pops out, the kid, should not be waking up in the middle of the night to change a diaper. If she's breastfeeding, sure, that's one thing. But once, you know, like what I'm saying? like Men are so quick- to stay in their mediocre lives and why because society this evangelical society that has permeated every social structure in america has allowed them to do so has encouraged them to do so it's not masculine to be a good dad it's not masculine to do whatever 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 right like i remember god bless my dad i remember when i first got my period i didn't want to talk to my mom about it because my mom and i don't get along I would talk to him about my period with my dad. Granted, he was incredibly uncomfortable. But I did not give a shit. I didn't want to talk to my mom. My mom also, like, would say that things were normal that were clearly not normal. Like, endometriosis and PCOS are running rampant through my family. And they're just accepting that as a reality because that's what happens to them. And it's hard to convince Mexican people that just because it happens to you does not make it normal. Ugh. I've been breaking these cycles ever since I was a kid and it's been exhausting but I just can't I can't deal with being a wife and a mom like it's just not god why did I have to marry a man I mean I love Ryan I would n- never marry anybody else but I feel like it would just be easier to marry a woman and just start from scratch societally you know both are moms We just adopt a kid don't pop it out and that's the other thing is i'm so critically judged because i don't want to pop out a baby i think pregnancy is so disgusting it's so gross and i know it's a miracle and i know it's cute and oh look at the belly but first of all my family doesn't get pregnant like outward like forwards they get pregnant around the whole dome you know what i'm saying Ugh. And I wish I could say that I'm not vain, but I'm so vain. I don't want I don't want a kid to ruin my body, you know. I don't have body issues right now. I mean, we all do, but I generally love the way I look. And I just don't want to buy new clothes. I love my clothes. I don't want to gain weight because of a baby. I don't want to look all lopsided. I don't want my boobs to get saggy. I just don't want to. I don't want to have to get a tummy tuck and a boob job. I'm so scared of plastic surgery. And I will get it. If I accidentally have a child. (laughs) If I accidentally get pregnant and accidentally don't know for 10 months. I just can't. And then, like, you just have a parasite living inside. If you get offended at this, by the way, women... Um, I'm not sorry. Okay. A baby is a glorified parasite inside of you. Okay. It's eating, it's eating you alive. <laughs> you need extra. Um, I say that with all endearment in my heart though. I love these little parasites. I love children. Um, the children are not the problem. Okay. People think that I'm, I don't want to clean up the poop and the pee and the throw up and the crying and the, I can deal with all that. I've babysat, I've nannied, I've stayed the weekend. Like I children, I know. I've been around children my whole since I was a kid, okay? My cousins are significantly older than I am because we all have a million kids and you know the age gaps get wider. And some of my cousins got pregnant super young, so my nieces and nephews are just like 5 years younger than me. So I've been around kids my whole life. The poop and the pee do not bother me. None of that shit bothers me. I'll clean up a blowout I will, if they shit on me, you know, oh, they're kids, they shit on me, oh, well, I've cleaned, I've wiped an 11-year-old's butt, okay? It doesn't bother me. Nothing bothers me on that front. Um, it's the, the pre-stuff that bothers me. It's the belly, and it's the vomiting, and it's the, the shitting on the labor table. Um, honestly, so the C-section part is a little cooler to me, um, because I do have a morbid fascination with gore, um, but I also hear that they don't let you, like, slide the curtain over to check out what's going on, and that's bullshit, so I don't really want to do that either. And then the recovery, I mean, granted, I come at these things from with the lens of, you know, being a disabled human. I am incredibly disabled. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm already so tired all the time. I'm already so swollen. <laughs> I'm bloated already. I'm achy and breaky, and the sciatica's already there. I can't. Pregnancy is just fibromyalgia on steroids, and then you add that on top of fibromyalgia. I'm good, you know. Gucci, don't need it. Solid. My partner and I also don't feel like passing on our genes. Um, I mean, I have fibromyalgia for goodness sakes. I don't know if that's genetic. Um, I don't want to find out. Uh, I think it is. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Um, I also have like clinical depression as if, you know, clinical. I have really bad depression. I have some anxiety, but mostly depression and... I have OCD like it's my mom clearly has OCD and I clearly inherited it and it's clearly an issue now Ryan's side of the family oh my god white people you'd be crazy okay like it's the mental health on that side of the family is absurd and he's like I'm good don't need- <laughs> I mean we have bipolar disorder on that side we have um the autism I can deal with that's that's fine Um, what else do we have? We have lots of depression. We have anxiety up the wazoo, like unreasonable amounts of anxiety, which poor them. But also, I don't want to deal with a kid with anxiety. No offense to everybody with anxiety. You don't want to deal with yourself either. Okay. I don't want to deal with myself. Whatever. So it's just not fair to a child to be passing on these things, right? It's like not fair. And especially you're bringing in a new fucking kid into the world of chaos that we're currently in. The climate crisis is coming. The Capitalism is still happening. America sucks. We have insurrections, inspiring insurrections. I just, I'm good. I'm good. I've also, um, as a child who has felt incredibly abandoned throughout life, I feel the distinct calling to open up my home to lots of different types of people, whether that be through foster care, whether that be through... Um, parenting friends and family through adulthood because we all need parents during adulthood and we don't all have them. I want my home to be a safe haven for strays. I want strays. As a stray, I want strays. Um, and I mean, I do have that parenting instinct. I feel like I'm incredibly maternal, paternal, androgynous. Eternal? I feel very eternal. (laughs) Um... So I do... I mean, I have four fucking dogs in my house at the moment. And they're all disasters. Three of them are rescues. But they're much easier to deal with than the fucking chihuahua that was bred from a puppy. Like, this is... uh, I love life. And loving... I love it. I love loving. I love it. But... I just... I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to... And it's like an expectation, right? I mean, I have cousins offering to be my surrogate. So that I, they could have a blood relative of mine. So that they would have my child. Like, well, if you don't want to be pregnant then I'll have it for you. One of my cousins... <laughs> one of my cousins is five feet tall. She's beautiful. She's popped out three kids. I love them. They're perfect. Perfect children. But she is five feet tall. She's had three C-sections. <laughs> and... Ryan was 12 pounds when he was born I told her like dude how are you this petite little baby girl gonna have a 12 pound baby (laughs) It's not good and I saw her face she was shocked she was appalled and she's like um I mean I could do it (laughs) she was still down uh you uh You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. And then my other cousin who walked in, she's taller than me. She's also had three kids. She popped them all out vaginally and she's like, I'll have it like nobody's business. 12 pounds doesn't scare me. (laughs) I mean, I love them for if, I mean, if I had wanted to birth a child with my own DNA, I mean, I'd be set. You guys are all jealous right now. I am set for life. I got my ride or dies behind me, but, um, I don't want my own baby. Also, I feel like this is a terrible thing to say, but I also feel like if you adopt a kid, you can always, and they come out to be a serial killer, you're just like, well, I mean, it's, not my, it's not my DNA, right? My mess. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> I listen to a lot of serial killer pod- podcasts and stuff. I feel like I'm becoming much more unhinged as this goes along, and this is why, because the topic of being a wife and being an evangelical woman in society, complementarian, all that bullshit, it just gets my goat, you know? Like, I just, I can't deal with it. I can't. I can't understand why women want to be put in such a tiny little box, because. I mean, I guess it must be nice, right, to be provided for, like Ali Wong says. Like, why are you letting these people know that we have a brain? Like, I just want to lie down. You know, God bless Ali Wong. She found out the error of her ways, but I just. I guess it must be nice, to just have a house and want the house clean and have the kids and they're cute and, you know, it sounds. Oh, it sounds awful. I can't. I can't even front. That sounds like my worst nightmare to be a housewife. I mean, I already work from home and I love working from home, because I roll out of bed and start working and just like have just like start typing on a computer. And then I take a break and I watch my TV on my couch and I have lunch right here at all times. I have snacks and coffee and my dogs and I, it's just, it's much easier for me, especially as a disabled person. Driving is precarious and, but I don't, I'm not a housewife. I mean, I tell these bitches, like I work during the day too. I'm not cleaning the house while I'm just, I'm not just sitting around. Uh, Sometimes I am, but they don't need to know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's still not half of my resp- it's still only half of my responsibility but I to, to be are you bored not having a job I mean some people aren't right some people aren't crazy I'm I understand my therapist says that I am too crazy I'm too passionate I try to do too many things all at once I'm working on it I'm bored but I'm working on it I've been playing a lot of the sims shout out to the sims I've been crocheting a lot, like a grandma. If you go to my personal Instagram at Josie Takes the World, you'll see me um, make a lot of projects and then have nowhere to put them. And I sell them for relatively inexpensive amounts of money because <laughs> I have so much yarn. I so I mean I have hobbies and fun times and granted, a lot of these moms, God bless you. You are starting these Etsy business and you guys are good. <laughs> like. you're a cricket. I don't know how to use a fucking cricket. I have one somewhere and it was, it was the most painful experience of my life trying to learn how to use it. So God bless you. But, um, you MLM crazies (laughs) don't message me. I don't want your MLMs. Okay. Unethical. Unethical. I say, what is everybody's thoughts about this? I'd love to hear it. I'd love to have a topic, uh, topic based episode with a stay at home mom. Maybe if you want to fight me about it, not fight me, but if you want to talk about it, I'd love to hear the pros and cons or the pros as you see it, because I just, uh, I can't be a wife. I don't want anybody calling me a wife. I'm too traumatized. I mean, I did not save myself for marriage. People make fun of me because they say I went through a hoe phase, um, and my hoe phase was having one or two monogamous booty call partners, well, sometimes monogamous, not really, Um, situationships. Now, as they call them, um, a year. But I mean, no feelings? Ugh, sounds like a hoe to me. Am I right? <laughs> not a real hoe phase, but I'm going to keep calling it my hoe phase because it's cute. Um, yeah, I did not save myself for marriage and I don't care. I'm not a wife, so I don't care. And I like having equal say over my money. I know that's something and you know, marriages. I like having equal say over my household, but let's be honest. I have more than equal say. Anybody know who knows me and Ryan knows I always get my way. Ryan always, I always tell Ryan, um, just let me dream. Just let me talk about this dream that I have. Like when I wanted a bigger apartment, uh, two bedroom, when we were moving out of our one, I was like, just let me dream about a two bedroom apartment. Just let me look at Zillow and dream. He's like, no bitch. I mean, he doesn't he does not talk to me like that. He better not talk to me like that. You know what I'm saying? He's, Anyways, this is me. I was like, no, bitch. Because like, then I'm going to have to pay for that shit. Because you dreaming always happens. Your dreams always come true. <laughs> and it's true. My dreams always do come true. Because I work hard, play hard. And um, as I said in this essay, uh, the Lord has always provided for me. I always get what I want. Um, it's just the way of the world. I mean... I we I wanted a dog. We got one dog. And now we have four. I always get what I want. My biggest dream as a kid was to have a house. Any old house. Doesn't matter how big. And have a lot of dogs. And here I am. I got my little house. And I got my little dogs. <laughs> um... So anybody that says that the Lord will not be good to you if you break all the evangelical rules is lying because I've broken every single one of the rules that I was taught growing up of what a woman was supposed to be. And the Lord has blessed me and kept me and showed me my dreams. Um, that being said, I'm still depressed. So, I mean, it's not all cupcakes and roses over here. Um, life is still fucking hard, but these puppies really make it worth living, you know? makes it a lot easier when in the morning all they want is cuddles and all they want is to be with their mamas. Um, oh my god, I'm so obsessed with my puppies. I'm so obsessed. They're so cute. And I get to have parties whenever I want, drink as much as I want, smoke weed, smoke weed every day. Um, mostly for, you know, medical, medical, medical medical purposes but still still a pothead even if it's for my health still a lot I love breaking the rules friends anyways I feel like I'm getting a little unhinged because this conversation is just so hard for me to have alone but I did want to touch base with everybody because I thought this essay was fun it's coming up on four years that I wrote it um I just spent the weekend with aunt judy god bless her mormon aunt judy um And she's cool because she's technically a housewife. She's technically a stay-at-home mom. But, I mean, she's a badass. She did catering. Now she's thinking about doing a floral business. She just has always been an entrepreneur. She designed a whole cabin and it was beautiful. And she just inspired me um, because she did not take the station that she was given in life. And did it exactly as other people said she should she did do whatever the fuck she wanted with it. And that is aspirational, let me tell you. Still don't want to be a stay-at-home wife, but, you know. Unless Ryan makes a million dollars, then maybe. But, again, I'd still be doing, like, podcasting and crocheting and business stuff. I'd probably make him invest in my businesses and my nonprofits that I already have a folder of. <laughs> so, not a stay-at-home wife after all. It's never going to happen for me, friends. It's never meant to be. But that's okay. Anybody want to talk to this? Talk with me about this? I would love to hear your perspective of stay-at-home moms and wives. Um, I have plenty of friends who would love to be stay-at-home people. uh, Men or women. And I think it's cool. It's just not for me. Although I do find myself being a bad feminist sometimes. When I see a new person become a stay-at-home wife... And I'm like, bitch, like, come on, the cause, what about the cause, you're giving us a bad name, come on. But then, like, Spencer would remind me that it's, it's what they want. The whole point of feminism is do whatever the fuck you want. I miss Spencer, don't you miss Spencer? It's okay, she's being a mom. She's not a stay-at-home mom, because she's working, but the baby is so cute. You guys don't get to see her, but I get to see her, and she is so cute. Anyways, friends. Yeah, if you want to come on, talk to me about being a stay-at-home mom, I would love, love, love to hear your perspective on it. Um, and as always, if anybody wants to come on and talk about any parts of their trauma with a highly therapized person, I'm not a therapist, but I've gone to lots of therapy. Um, I'm trauma-informed. I'm nice. I laugh. Um, if I'm being mean, you can tell me and I'll be like, oh, sorry. And I'll stop being, so, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty safe person. Um, uh, I'd love to talk to you. Specifically, if you've ever been in a cult. Like the cult of QAnon. Oh my gosh, if you've been in QAnon and got out, come talk to me. Um, if you have a conservative uncle who is semi-nice and would talk to me about Trumpy things, send him my way. Uncles and grandparents and parents love me even though I'm the most liberal person they've ever met. Because I'm funny. And because I don't really give a shit about anything. I mean, I do, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? And I make them feel heard and understood and it's cute. Um, unless they're being dicks, then I'll tear them apart. And if you want me to tear apart your uncle, then send them my way anyway. Uh, we have merch. We as in me. There's merch. Rumor is, when my internet stops being stupid because of the California rain, there will be a new design coming up. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe eventually. I'm working on it, okay? So There's merch at the link in our bio, and my bio, this bio, um, at Speaking in Church on Instagram, where I'm trying the reels game, okay? That's how you're supposed to build an audience. I don't know, friends. Just don't, if you don't like it, don't pay attention. It's fine. Um, we have a tip jar called Buy Me a Coffee, where you could, Give me money because this is a free podcast and I got to tell my partner that it's um at least not losing money, you know, currently in the black, maybe, probably not, I'm <laughs> not in the black, but it's fine, you know, it's fine. What else? What else do I got? I think that's it. I mean, Josie takes the world. That's me personally. Um. Oh yeah. If you want to buy some crocheted shit, I got beanies. Oh, well, knitted too. I got beanies. I got beanies. <laughs> I got puppy scars. Puppy scars! Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm delirious, friends. I have not had coffee. A full cup of coffee. Can you believe I'm recording without a full cup of coffee? What an idiot. All right. Uh, Stay woke or get woke. Uh, Jesus loves you. You I, I miss you. Goodbye! Okay, <laughs>